0: It's a mailbag Friday here on Canuck Central. Dan Richo and Satyar Shah coming to you live from the Kintec studio. Kintec Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 1,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintec.net. So... It's a mailbag Friday. That means we have your questions coming in for the show. We want to give as much time as we possibly can. So, producer Eddie, can we get our beautiful mailbag music?
1: Ah, there we go. Nothing better. <sighs> Excited. <laughs> Let's close out this weekend' in style.
0: Uh, you know it. All right. Uh, what are we starting with on the mailbag? Crew Frank. Who do you think the first Canuck to be traded this season will be?
1: (laughs) What a question to start things off with. Well, it's a good question. Do you have a favorite? Okay. Mm.
0: Uh, Let's say we were doing Sat Gifts Props. (laughs) <laughs> maybe maybe the better way of doing this is like setting odds. Yes. At who would be the first player to get traded.
1: Who is the favorite to get yeah. traded.
0: Who is the favorite to get traded. So, Crew Frank, we're adjusting your question. <laughs> like, who, okay. Is the...
1: Uh, it's going to be like something. The easy answer is Mikey DiPietro.
0: Yes. He's like even money, right? Yeah.
1: He's the easy answer.
0: Um, if we're talking, I don't think anything's
1: close though. No, <laughs> but yeah.
0: Okay. What if it's NHL roster? So Mikey, that would exclude Mikey DiPietro. Di DiPietro.
1: Uh, I mean, everybody's going to say, you know, Pearson or something like that. Maybe even Bo, cause he's in the final year of his contract.
0: I feel like Dickinson would still be like probably number one on my list. Yeah, he could be. Like, he'd be the player they're probably most motivated to
1: move. Probably most motivated to move, but it might be hard to move depending on yeah. how he plays. But but I'd say, you know what, like I was going to say Hoaglander is going to be high on that list too. Mm-hmm. Just because of his flexibility and value and if you need to do something, he's a guy that teams will ask for type of deal. Yep. Um, and if he doesn't make the team out of camp, that just becomes a bigger question around it. But I'd say Dickinson, because of the motivation and because of the, the desire if he plays well for them to do something... I think you're right. It's boring, but it's probably yeah him.
0: The the being realistic about it is never the most uh, entertaining. No. But yeah, I, I think it's highly unlikely. You know, Garland or Besser gets moved uh, before others.
1: I'd say Garland more likely than Besser. Yeah. Um, by virtue of still being unsigned, Bull Horvat's going to going to have some juice to the number, and it's going to be interesting because he's still unsigned and all that sort of stuff. But he's not number one or two. On the list. The other guy, probably Luke Shen. Final year of his contract. Mm-hmm. Cheap deal. They'd love to keep him. But depending on what happens, what if Hughes plays the right side really well? Myers plays the right side well. Pullman comes back. Shen isn't quite as effective. Isn't playing with Hughes anymore. Playing a, a bit role. Mole Burrows is there. Somebody comes calling at the deadline. Yeah. Even though they're a playoff type team, maybe somebody's willing to offer something solid for Luke Shen because they want that toughness. Final year of the contract, guys always have to be in the discussion,
0: the uh, the whole Shen thing last year, you know, maybe he was a signal of, of how they they view their players and always evaluating what the the asset means to the club. They could have traded him at the deadline, but they decided ultimately he's too valuable to us versus what we are getting in trade. Cheap right shot D, like we need this guy. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting process, but uh, Dickinson. The favorite. Yeah, and
1: uh, somebody texted in saying, does Kuzmenko have trade protection? No, he does not. He's an entry-level contract. He has no trade protection. If things go, let's say he doesn't fit well here, Mm -hmm. and he's not playing a lot, and he's on the outside looking in, those guys end up getting traded. Yep. You know, that happens. It's like, hey, go somewhere else. We promised you a chance. It's not working here. Just go somewhere else and try it out. So conceivable, again, a guy on a one-year deal, UFA at the end of the season.
0: Uh, all right, this question, Abs core That's <laughs> it's an interesting name. Quite the name. Uh, is there any truth to the talk that the team is considering moving Quinn Hughes to the right? What is the argument for doing this? Wouldn't it make more sense to move OEL over?
1: Uh, I think two things. One, yes, of course. You know, it's been confirmed numerous Places they're going to try. Including we the team we itself. saw it at yes. the
0: scrimmage the other day uh, when the Canucks were playing over at Scotia Barn.
1: Yeah, and I think OEL is also an option if Hughes doesn't work out. I think they might pivot and see if OEL can do it as well if if it's not comfortable. And I think the biggest indication to it is. Hughes is the most likely player to be able to excel moving over because of how well he skates and you know how good he is and how it could help him out offensively. And if there's anybody who could probably be a bit more adept on his backhand defensively with his good stick and ability to, ability to work, move on his edges, it's Quinn Hughes. So I think you're probably better suited long-term to have him defend better on his offside than Oliver Ekmelarsson, who's you know, obviously getting older, not as quick as he used to be. And the other one being, if you're able to get Quinn Hughes to play the right side long-term... It's easier for you to find one more top four right-side defenseman. If you don't have Quinn Hughes or OEL playing the right-side long-term, this team requires two long-term right-side defensemen. Those are very hard to find. One might be manageable. Two, very hard.
0: It does um, sort things out easier long-term of team needs. Because right-shot D-men, if you don't draft them, very hard to find good ones quality ones uh, that that really fit in um which brings us to our next question since it fits in so perfectly with that topic Callie Canuck Nils Lundqvist apparently isn't reporting to camp per his trade request do you see him landing anywhere else specifically we've had others ask if the Canucks should be a player for Nils Lundqvist
1: oh uh, yeah I think the Canucks should be a player for Nils Lundqvist um, I, I don't know what they want given the situation and given their reluctance to uh, trade Kraftsov despite all the same stuff. Now he's going to come back and give it a go this year and all that. That's talk and we'll see if that actually happens and all the other stuff kind of going on.
0: I I can't see them wanting less than a second-round pick.
1: Yeah, and I think that's the price. And I'm not sure Vancouver wants to be giving out another draft pick to get him. Mm-hmm. Would Vancouver be willing to do a hockey trade? That's the question. And the easiest one is Hoaglander, right? Yeah. I mean, because they'd want a guy that can go to the minors because he's waiver-exempt Hoaglander if he plays on the team great but they have a lot of forwards as well I'm just not sure there's a fit Mm trade-wise for Vancouver unless you're talking about Bo Horvat or something and you know Lundqvist alone isn't enough if you're doing that Uh,
0: I yeah I, I don't see another team like I obviously see a lot of teams being interested in a Nils Lundqvist type or at least trying to take a chance at him yeah but I would have thought the same thing about Rasmus Sandin, and there he is still yeah. in Toronto, waiting for a new contract.
1: Yeah, I, I will say because he plays a right side, it's and different. they're so hard to find. Like yeah. I, th- I think somebody's going to take a take a flyer on him. I'm just not sure they're getting a second round pick.
0: Uh, this one comes from Mike G. Will you be icing up like Kobe tonight? One week into debates about Horvat contract, Hughes on right side. Who are the top four D-man? And who will be in the
1: top six? Uh, no, I, I'm not icing up yet. See, I only ice after battle. Yeah. I haven't gone into battle yet. <laughs> I'm, I'm still in off-season mode. I haven't got worked up yet. I haven't gotten angry yet since
2: coming back. At no. least well, not on air. Yep. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> What's the over-under when you get mad for the first time?
1: Oh. oh um, First post-game show. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I don't, I don't know about the first one, but sometime in the preseason, it's going to happen. It's going to be some tone point in the preseason. Someone's yeah. going to overreact. There'll be some overreaction or something mundane and stupid, and it's going to trigger. Sat
2: gets triggered. I'll
1: get when triggered. I smell a new bet.
0: <laughs> you know what? It's, it's not even the content that does it. It's it's Sat's sleep schedule. Like,
1: once that changes. I've been so good. recently least <laughs> in the summer. I've been going to bed early, waking up early. You know, i been in a good mood, generally speaking. Yeah. You know, it's, it's been good. I'm going to go back to sleeping like five hours a night, and I'll be miserable. Um,
0: you know, I whenever being asked questions like this, I uh, I refer to the movie Rookie of the Year. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Daniel Stern's character has uh, the great keys to pitching. Uh, recovery, recuperation, and conditioning. The three R's. The three R's. Conditioning. The three R's, yeah, yeah. And then also using hot ice. Hot ice. Well, hot ice especially. Yes. You heat up the ice cubes. It's the best of both worlds. Love that movie. All right. Too much baseball talk That's here on That's just water. <laughs> yep. Yes, it is. Devin, are the Canucks really in win-now mode with this defensive group? Yikes.
1: I mean, so I see this a lot, and I think what... Hey, you judge actions. What are their actions been? Mikhaev, Lazar, Kuzmenko, Extend, JT, Miller, very much win now type of moves or we're trying to be competitive type of moves. So obviously you're trying to be competitive. Yeah. But I don't think they're competitive in insofar as this is a team we feel like is going to win this season, not only make the playoffs, but win this season. They have to first make the playoffs and build from that point on. The last time this team made the playoffs was three years ago almost. Mm-hmm. like make the playoffs first make the playoffs in an 82 game season establish yourself as a playoff team and, th- and then do what you need to do to take that next step as a team it's like uh, you know cart- see what you got even the-
2: when you get to the playoffs and then evaluate what you don't have and then trying to add to that next summer exactly
1: so i mean it's we'll see and this is what i mentioned earlier in the show but i don't want to i'm i spent so much time about what's happened here and all that sort of stuff what is going to happen Mm-hmm. What are they going to do? This is the start of taking advantage of a winning window. This is a step forward, but it's it's not the finished picture. It's not the final product we're going to see here. It's going to be more that's going to happen as time goes on. You just hope with the moves they made this summer, that this year is a step forward. You make the playoffs, and it gives you a launching off point for next year, and you can make the other moves you're trying to make. It
2: feels like an infancy process still. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's a good way of phrasing it.
0: They wanted to make moves to help the defense this summer none of the moves they had available to them did that so does that mean they're just not going to do it obviously not we have to look at what this like i think it's fairly obvious i'm not you know reinventing the wheel here or this is some hot take because it's pretty obvious that this is what's happening here you've got 4 years left of Thatcher Demko at 5 million bucks why do they go out and sign Ilya Mikheyev to a 4 year deal they think over these next four years, Ilya Mikheyev is going to be a part of their solution, right? Yeah. But they are building, I think, in that four-year mindset, and their moves on defense have yet to be made. That's so, that's the way yeah. it's playing out so far.
1: Best case scenario, you're competing for three of those four remaining years. Yeah. And next year, you make the playoffs. Whether it's winning around, whatever it is, just get into the playoffs next year. My expectations are contending, yeah. Because if you're not contending by then, then it's a two-year. Okay, let's see what happens. And, and it's not like you go all in for these four years, but it gives you some some immediacy and urgency to make sure you don't putz around too long. They don't take a three-year scenic route before you get better, because then you're faced with more problems. This year, for me, especially with the moves they made, Dan has to be this team makes the playoffs. Like that's my expect. You have to make the playoffs. You have to be a playoff team. But it's not the finished product. There's so much more you have to do from this point on. Uh,
0: more questions coming in on uh, the mailbag. This one uh, from X. Do you think it's more advantageous to start the season on a road trip or a homestand? Canucks often start on road trips. Started last year with a six-gamer. We'll start this year with a six-game roadie as well.
1: Um I mean, whichever one you have more success in. I don't think it matters, to be honest. Like, yeah. I, th- I think you can make the case that for a new team, with a lot of new faces going on the road, brings them together and all that sort of stuff, yada, yada, yada.
0: That was the narrative that was sold last year. Yeah. How did it work out?
1: Well, you can also, so yeah, it didn't work. Well, I mean, no, 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 no. To be fair.
0: They played okay on the road trip. Three, two, and one. Yes. Three, two, and one on that road trip. It, the, the, ro- <laughs> the season fell apart on the seven-game homestand that...
1: After. The road trip was a success. Yeah. Anytime you you pick up more points, you're you're over five hundred on a road trip, even by one point, you had yeah. a successful road trip. Yeah, so they
2: did. They had a successful road trip. I remember hearing Daryl Sutter last year mentioning how Calgary had an early road trip. It really allowed them to establish their systems when they're on the road. And we saw the season that Calgary had last year. Yeah, so I mean, there's it, a good example for it. It could. I mean, at the end of the
1: end of the day, I think for the Canucks, the main reason why they're starting this year with a six game road trip is because I'm not sure the rink's going to be ready. Yeah. And I don't mean, like, the stands and stuff like that. I mean, player a minute, Renaults that they're doing. I think they still need more time to finalize everything. I think that's the main reason. Not reporting, but I think that's the main reason why we're seeing the Canucks start the season off on a long road trip.
0: Yeah, they're uh, putting in a new dressing room and some other things around on the concourse there, but... Uh, You'll hear players often say, yeah, it, it can help. You, know, you get the bonding experience and that sort of thing. Sometimes players are also more focused
1: on the road. Less distractions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Canucks were a better road team than a home team last year, right? Yes. So something to it. Maybe.
0: And there was uh, some yeah, – the coach even talked about it. Uh, sometimes he felt that the players were more focused on the road, Bruce Boudreau mentioned.
1: So. I mean, there is – There is something to be said about being able to balance your off-the-ice life and your on-the-ice life. And people take that as, oh, it's just people that are the young guys that go and party too much. It's also people that have families and have stuff to deal with. And it's not to say that they're not doing it right, but life has ups and downs. A lot of stuff happens. You're dealing with stuff at home. Those are things you have to mature with and learn to deal with. And you have to learn as a player to not allow those things as much as possible to distract you from what you need to do on home ice. Uh, AJ... With this question, tiny house versus mansion.
0: What would you rather, I guess?
1: Yeah, I mean, okay, so if money's not an option, you do a mansion. Yeah. Like, I know it's hard to upkeep, but you, you pay people to take care of it. So mansion, more what's space the, is better.
2: What's the definition of a tiny house? Like, are we talking, like, average size house or just, like, really crammed, like... Doug, Doug I, got, I got
0: 650 square square feet so I'm already living that tiny house lifestyle and I definitely would like more space school for ants <laughs> So but I, like I also um, I don't know we were fairly privileged growing up to have a house with a decent amount of like land with it you know like we had a, had a, a, a nice yard you we had a backyards. big we had a pretty big backyard. And I, I, I do have to say, like, it was, um, at times, tiresome with all the gardening and everything. Like, we didn't have staff and, like, you know, it, it, like, the lots butlers. of- butlers. Yeah. Yeah. But it, uh, I, I did a lot to earn my weekly allowance. I'll say that
1: much. Yeah, tiny. I mean, the thing is, I can't. As much as like a studio sounds like, hey, okay, it's easy to handle. It's just too 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 little space. Like you, you just have no space to do anything. Yeah, you know, We're, like I live I live in a one bedroom in a in a flex like a den, mm-hmm. and that's that's fine, like manageable. But like if I if I did not have the flex room,
0: yeah, I'm, like I can't. it would be it would be tiny. T-
1: like what are you talking about?
0: Like trying not to sound too like first world problems sort of thing. But like I do prefer the convenience of not having a lot to maintain around my living space
2: yeah that's fair
0: that's that's my point that that's the that's the argument for tiny house is it not
1: <laughs> yeah and that is less stuff to do but also you get bored more what else do you, have? you <laughs> sit around just watch tv <laughs> listen to stuff basically
0: uh play golf also expensive mm-hmm. um ella do petterson or hughes get a's this season what are you hearing
1: would not be
2: surprised if Quinn Hughes gets an A. After all, we heard this off-scene, how's he not? Mm-hmm.
0: Might uh, might be a little bit of an extension after uh, what we heard yesterday in the sneak preview of his interview with 32 Thoughts.
1: Yeah. It's like, hey, we want you to take... It's like we talked yesterday. If you missed the podcast, go back to listen to it, especially the clips. Uh, the clip we got that uh, mm-hmm. Dan was able to get from Almo Delish, Delish for the 32 Thoughts podcast where Quinn Hughes was a bit of a snippet. We got into a long conversation about it, but uh, yeah. I think with everything they're kind of putting on his plate, it's kind of like we need you to not only be one of our best players, but one of our leaders and standard setters.
2: But even what we heard from Boudreau at the end of last year, how much Quinn was already starting to take yeah. control of the room. This is just adding on to what we heard mm-hmm. at the end of last year.
0: So Bo has the C. Yeah. Miller's got an A.
1: Yeah,
0: OEL will still have an A.
1: Yeah, And then Quinn? I think Quinn, I mean, what you could do is you can have more A's. You you, you can only give so many on home ice and even less on the road. We can have rotating A's. The Canucks did that back in the day where guys rotated A's. So I wonder how many assistants they have. Maybe they go more than just three or four.
2: Maybe Pedersen is a home guy. Quinn is a road guy with an A. That could
1: happen potentially. But I'd be surprised if Pedersen gets one this year. But, yeah.
0: Uh, Mills with this question. I heard you guys talk yesterday about Horvat not cracking 40 goals. Is that not based on the fact he's had bottom six line mates for most, if not all, of his NHL tenure? Even Crosby had Gensel, Taves had Saad or Hosa or Kane. If you're Horvat, why would you stick around with this team? Uh, Do want to mention, like, Taves. I think he's had one year where he got close to a point a game, but he's never been a what never was a prolific scorer. No,
1: no. Uh, he comparative
0: to guys like at the top of the league.
1: No, he wasn't a big, but a great player, great all around yeah. player. But yeah, um, that's not what he was. And, you know, looking at some of those numbers, because it's fair when you look at the first few years of Bo Horvath's career in Vancouver and who he played with and all that sort of stuff. But the notion that he plays with bad wingers, a lot of it is because he played so much with Louis Erickson a couple years ago and all that sort of stuff. But. If you look at who he played with the most, his most common line... What if I told you that last year, Bo Horvat's most common linemate at 5-on-5 on on the wing was the Canucks' most productive player at even strength on the wing? Connor Garland? Yeah. Last year, Bo Horvat played 350 minutes at even strength at 5-on-5 with Connor Garland, which is the most minutes of any other forward he played with. And as we mentioned earlier in the first segment... Quinn Hugh, I mean, Connor Garland and J- JT Miller had the same amount of points yeah. at even strength, at 5-on-5. Five five. And it led to Bo having a career high. Had 31 goals. So yep. the point being, uh, Garland, and he's, he played with them. He had 31 goals this year. Now, if, if Bo plays 82 games, does he maybe get to 33, 35? I mentioned that could potentially happen. I don't think he's a 40-goal scorer. Could he get it one year? I suppose those things can happen, where one year one guy just scores 40 and gets hot. But... I don't think Bo has had poor teammates for a couple of years now. And his second most common teammate was Tanner Pearson, who we talked about having a solid resurgence season with 284 minutes. He played 250 minutes with Niels Hoglander and almost 250 minutes with Brock Besser. So he didn't play with any bottom six players, unless you think Niels Hoglander and Tanner Pearson are bottom six, third, fourth line guys. Um, So
0: maybe that dispels a little bit of the notion of Bo never plays with Offensive wingers. Yeah. Uh, it, is, it has some truth, but not entirely true. Uh, Discount Dracula. In the spirit of Halford and Bruff, would you rather be a smash-up derby driver or a Zamboni driver?
1: Uh, Zamboni driver. The older I get, I can't... Like, like I was thinking about, um, for instance going on roller coasters and stuff like that. Like, it just seems like a nightmare to me.
2: Like I feel like my neck's going to hurt. My back's going to hurt. You're just scared of any type of collision or violent jolts. Yeah.
1: It's like, it's not because I'm scared of it in the sense of like, Oh, I'm terrified. It's like my body is going to ache afterwards and I don't want to have my body aching afterwards. So no, I'm, I'm cool. all I'm for
0: cool. destruction
2: derby. No, go. I'm good. But Zamboni, you have the stage to yourself for like yeah. ten minutes or whatever while you are slowly Cruising. buzzing around. Yeah, take your time, cruise you know, around. Everybody you can loves wave it. to people. Yeah, it's cool.
1: It's it's relaxing generally. I mean, yeah, the, you know, you can't mess up and everything. Yeah. But you can do a little fishtailing with a Zamboni. A little bit, yeah. You can, yeah, you can, yeah. Maybe maybe drift a little bit on the corner. You yeah, know, exactly. if you're good, and, yeah. Yeah, great. <laughs> great. But I mean, bumper cars like. Every time I've been in a bumper car, like, I've come away with a headache. <laughs> like, your jaw hurts. Your teeth hurt. Is that a CTE? Yeah, man. No, I'm good. I don't yeah. get the draw for these sort of things. Like, you you, you leave it feeling bad. Like, you're, you're nauseous afterwards and pain. and Like, I well, mean, how's that fun? I don't know.
0: Zamboni driver, it's like, I guess, but...
1: I, I'd rather go go-karting.
0: You know, you're like... <laughs> you're, you're at... Scotia Barn going around whipping around on Wednesday night, and these you know forty-seven-year-old beer leaguers playing E Division are like, "Oh, you missed a spot there, bud." <laughs> like, really? What, I laid too much water, man. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. So you can go out there and like you know. We work on radio. We putt can turn back. We I sure. over skated the puck in the first two minutes of the period. I turned the puck over because he
2: laid too much water, and we lost the game.
0: Yeah, it's your fault. Your fault, Bony. Take any longer there, Bony.
2: Okay, that's enough.
0: (laughs) Uh, Mailbag Friday continues. More questions coming in. Uh, This one from Doesn't Eat Sushi. Doesn't not eat sushi. It's a double negative. Have the Canucks invested in a sleep program like they did in the past? The reason I comment is because of their travel schedule.
1: Not as far as I know. Mm-hmm. That's not to say that they don't have certain um, ideas about how much rest and recuperation is needed and schedules and all that sort of stuff and timing when to fly to maximize sleep and all that sort of stuff. But actually having the sleep doctor monitors and the entire system they had, as far as I know, that's not happening. Or has not happened as of yet. Um, yeah.
0: I don't know. Players should figure it out. Be ready for every game. You're, you're adults, you're professionals.
1: <laughs> Quarter it, bet on time. Yeah, figure it out. Uh, what about playing guilty? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Once in a while. We all do it. Uh, final question. Yeah. Does it make sense to trade futures this year for a top 4D? Futures.
1: Uh, what do we do? example,
0: Lekaramaki, second, and Pearson. This one comes from Ricky Murphy. Leckimer- for Chikrin.
1: Yeah, I do that. If you're getting Jacob Chikrin,
0: of course seems like a little bit light for Jacob <laughs> Chikrin. Yeah, it's a steal. <laughs> Considering they were asking for the equivalent of at least three first-round picks.
1: Oh, LeCarrie Mackey, say that again, LeCarrie Mackey. A second, and Pearson.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Where do I sign?
1: <laughs> Is it even a debate?
2: Ballard, Raymond, and a second 2.0.
1: <laughs> no, we want a first backer return as well to make that deal. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't think you're getting him for that, though.
0: So what? I get... <laughs> Three years of Jacob Chikrin at $4.6 million for Lekromacki, a second, and Pearson. Hint, you're not getting that for Jacob Chickren. He would have been traded already if that was the ask. Uh. Uh, Also says Barry Dickinson in the minors to make the cap work. Sure. I mean,
1: (laughs) 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 yeah, that's the key. (laughs) I'm not sure. Listen, I'm not sure
2: they can actually bury Jason Dickinson. That's the problem with that scenario. Mm. Not the package. And the Canucks can watch another former first-round pick down in Arizona and what would have been also Dylan Gunther. Yeah, that's oh, yeah.
0: true. Lekker, Mackey, Gunther, and Austin Matthews. What a first line it's
2: going to be. There you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At Arizona State University. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, that's the mailbag for this week. That's
2: it? We're
0: yeah. done? We're through. yeah oh.
1: Ah, uh, this one, Eric in New in West Van. Uh, Your body feels pain after going on a ride. You must be getting old. I mean, yeah, roller coasters, like the the like the ones that mm-hmm. really make you jerk back and forth. Yeah, that hurts my body. Like I leave it and I have neck pain.
0: So I like I have a confession. I've never been to to
1: Playland. You haven't been to Playland, never no. been to Canada's Wonderland. Though, yes, sure. yeah. So you've been on rides. You know what's up.
0: But I I could see why Sat says uh, the the rides at Playland might
1: might might be painful.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to know what my body would feel like after not being on a roller coaster after the last five or seven years, whatever it's been.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Like the last few times I've gone, like, you know, mm-hmm. like I, I exercise a lot. I try to I, I try stay in good shape and all that sort of stuff, but I have aches and pains from previous injuries and in sports from back in the day. One is my knee. Yeah. I have a bad neck and lower back every once in a while. So not, I have a disc problem in my neck. So yep. those sort of things, like it, it just... Really, really
2: irks me. I did archery at the P and this year, and you should have seen the bruise on my elbow. <laughs> it was insane. That's all you need to know. Uh, beer league
0: started last Sunday for me. It was like a. It felt like a three day recovery. <laughs>
1: mm. I was in pain. Yeah, because you're using muscles you don't use. Yeah, normally. Uh,
0: mm. It was good to be back with the moose, but like you get you get to your first beer league game of the year, and they're like, "Hey,
1: you're you're playing center." So, oh. Great. When you go back to play, what happens to you mo- like where do you feel the most pain? Um do you get like back spasms? Do your feet chafe cuz you're back into the skate again, the oh, boot yeah. again? Is uh, that is that the biggest because that was for me anytime I took a couple months off, the worst was like your feet for the first couple like, weeks. During the game the feet
0: hurt the most. Yeah. Uh next day the hips, obliques, well, the core. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> Everything just hurts the next day. It's a full body workout. It's great. Uh all right. That's it for Canuck Central on this Friday. Next week we get you to lead it we get into the lead up of training camp in Whistler. Seasons just around the corner. You are listening to Canuck Central.